What's up, everyone? My name is Christian Baldanza Di Tacchio. And I'm Giuliano Clary. And this is Tifosi Football Radio. Thanks for joining us today. It's Monday. We have uh, some great games to go over from this past weekend, including that dud Inter win uh, 2-0 over Genoa. But uh, we'll go over that. Uh, yeah. Today we got, um, we got the, we're got we going to go over Serie A match day 5, aside from the Roma-Milan game, which takes place later today. Uh, we'll also preview the Champions League fixtures, a couple of exciting games coming up, and then also the games for our uh, Italian clubs participating. Same thing for Europa League, and then uh, just some news around the world that we'll take it home with. So let's get started. Let's jump right in with this busy schedule. Uh, let's start it off with uh, recapping arguably the most exciting game of uh, the match day five so far because we still have that really exciting game later today Europa League derby <laughs> yeah okay um, so Sassuolo and Torino started off the match day five and man did they set a uh, set a point or set a set a bar with the match excitement um, 3-3 what are your thoughts on this game Giuliano yeah exciting game that uh, we viewed Marco Giampaolo completely changed his system his approach to yeah. the game against the Swolo Roberto De Zerbi was a bit frustrated at the end of the game with the results sure but overall good uh, result for Marco Giampaolo and Torino saves him for another day yeah this arguably saves him um, a very interesting stat here Sassuolo had the ball 72% of the time and to Torino's only 28%. So Torino basically came in and parked the bus and played the counterattack. When you look at the shots on or the total shots, Sassuolo had 17 shots, and you expect that from Sassuolo. But Torino, only with 28% possession, still has 17 shots on goal. And of those 17 shots, 10 were on target. Of Sassuolo's 17 shots, only 6 were on target. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. That is pretty impressive. But uh, so I, I feel for Di Zerbi in this game because the team played really well. Andrea Consigli played really well in net. Vlad Kirkis was a stud again at center back there, even scored a goal. Um, and then, of course, you, you know, Filip Juricic, probably a man of the match performance, a goal and an assist right up there in the attacking mid. And then, of course, you can't, you can't help but talk about the three Italians. That should be starting for the national team. But that's a conversation for another day. But we're talking about Manuel Locatelli in the midfield. Domenico Berardi as an attacking mid. And Francesco Caputo, who scores yet again. Another goal. Another header. A header on top of it. A guy that's not blessed with the most height in the world, but he scores a header. Yeah, exactly. Against Bremner. Yeah. You know, on Torino's side, he's a big physical defender. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, keep saying it. When's this guy going to get his chance? Yeah, seriously. Seriously. There's a couple other guys that deserve a chance too, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But, you know, all in all for Sassuolo, great game for them. They deserve to win this game. Torino, very impressive in the counterattack. I think Giampaolo has found what's going to work for this Torino team. Uh, Andrea Bellotti, man of the match. Yeah, man of the match. He's been performing good ever since the international break. Yeah. That flock he's been putting in performances. Yeah. Man of the match, Lukic played really cool. good behind them, but because uh, Vlad Dirikis, yeah, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. I'm terrible with last names. He uh, scored a screamer of a goal. Yeah, he did. Screamer, he did. And then uh, here's a big one for all you Lech Poznan fans: Carl Linetti, stud in the midfield, and he scored, and he scored. So great job for Torino. This 
this game, this result for Torino, this tie is more like a victory for them. They needed something in this game, and they got it. They got a tough schedule ahead, which we'll go over in the next mm-hmm. uh, in the next podcast on Thursday when we outline match day six. But Let, uh, let's uh, delve deeper a bit into Balotti's performance. What do you think? About his performance ever since we've come back from international break, he's been he's been good on form. He's been on form, but he's been playing in the his natural position, yes. right? He's not playing as a lone striker. He's always paired up. This in this game, he was paired up with Verdi, which was interesting. But uh, he's been he's been performing. The one thing that's going to frustrate me about this is yes, he's performing for Torino. He's not going to do this with the national team, and he's going to get another chance. Mancini's going to give him another chance. He didn't. He's going to have to back him because since he came back from the international break, he's been performing. He's been scoring. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, Mancini, you can get it through your thick skull and see that this guy cannot play as a lone striker. If you're going to play Bellotti, you play another striker ahead of him. Yeah, and I like I love that big man, small man partnership. Yes. It works. 100%. 100%. So he got, he got on the ball quite a bit. He did. Compared to his other teammates. He did. Lukic really pulled the strings in that midfield position. He was very impressive. Definitely. Definitely. So, you but, know, Fiorentina yeah. found where they're going to thrive. They really... Gianpaolo, credit to him. He he, he he coached this game really well. He 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 prepped for this game really well, I want to say. And unfortunately for Sidigu, not a great performance. Yeah, as opposed to Consigli, who was really good. Yeah, Consigli was a stud. Consigli made some so, big saves. Uh, congratulations to Torino. Not a bad result for Sassuolo. Sassuolo, Sassuolo still hasn't lost yet. I'm not no, mistaken. They're, uh, Undefeated they're, still. They're up there. So they're the up there. Still. Second place. Yeah. Or sorry, third place behind Napoli. Yeah. So On goal differential. Deserbi, I'm telling you, people, he is going to a big club next. He's got to go to a big club. He's he needs his chance. Somebody. He needs his chance. He's proven his point. He maybe stays at Sassuolo if they get into Europe. Yeah. But uh, it's still too early in the season. Let's see if Sassuolo can hold the momentum. But they look very impressive. Great coach. Very impressive. Great coach. So let's move on to the next game. Uh, big upset here. Sampdoria. Yeah. Victors 3-1 to one over Atalanta. Claudio Ranieri strikes again. Yeah, kind of... We knew it was going to be a tough game for Atalanta. Yeah. Didn't expect to see this scoreline. No. The attempts, there was it was quite lopsided to Atalanta's favor. Yeah. Sampdoria kind of continued off of their last game where they continued attacking down the, uh, the left side, finding Qualiarella yeah. for another goal. It was a header goal, I believe, right? Yep. So Sampdoria, it just seems like uh, now they're tied on points with Atalanta. It just seems like uh, Renieri, he's... Got it clicking. That's three wins in a row now. Yeah, he's got him clicking. Inform, hard to beat. Yeah. Algello again, Dramsgaard, Yanko, Thorsby, Ekdal. Everyone now is playing that. Yeah. That Thorsby even scored, too. Yeah, they scored. They were terrible in that Juve game, and they've completely turned it around. Yeah. And I'm really impressed with what uh, Renieri's doing. Great performance from them. But what did you think? Uh, yeah. What do you think about Atalanta's game? Atalanta is now going back to the Jekyll and Hyde form. I mean, they played a great game against Michelin, dominated, you know, the tough loss for them. They got blown out by Napoli a couple days before that yeah. Michelin game. They come back, they they dominate Michelin in, in the Champions League. It's like, okay, so now they're going to get back on track. They got their confidence back. And then. Big loss. Big loss. So I, I don't know. I mean. And we're going to talk about Atalanta coming up in the in the Champions League because they got a big game against Ajax this week. Mm-hmm. But who just won thirteen nothing? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Vivi Venlo. Yeah. I I don't know. I just 
for for me, what I've noticed the most, he really struggles when Gosens and Hattabor, the German and the Dutch uh, wingbacks, aren't playing. So in this game, Mojica and De Pauli yeah, were they back didn't. on. This is the second time De Pauli's played, the last time being against Napoli, and yeah. he was completely yeah. destroyed on his side. Same with Mojica. Again. Yeah, Mojica, Mojica had a horrendous game. Like, yeah. Ilicic did a fantastic game from yeah, Ilicic's Ilicic, part. Ilicic played good. Gomez played good again with another goal. Yeah. Or sorry, Duvan Zapata no. scored the penalty. Yeah, uh, but, but yeah, it's the for me it's the wing backs. If the wing backs don't click, yeah, in Giampiero Gasparini's system, then it's very easy. Yeah, they're very easy to be beat. Yeah, if the and, wing backs and we saw that when that brief stint at Inter Milan, right? So yeah, and if he doesn't have the wing backs, his system doesn't work, and it's showing. Yeah, he needs hot the bore and Gosens to be available. Absolutely. They both came off the bench. I'm assuming with. Uh, one mind on Champions League, give him a bit of a rest. Sure, sure. Because this team, like... Backfired this, on him. Yeah, it, it definitely did. And I think Gennaro Gattuso has given the uh, Serie A clubs the blueprints on how to how to beat this Atalanta team or how to give this Atalanta team trouble. Claudio Ranieri clearly picked up on it, the tinker man himself. Mm-hmm. And that's one guy you don't... You really don't want to face with whatever team he's coaching, right? Yeah, so if you if you look at the lineups, it's very similar. Yeah. So once again, when Napoli played, it was a four-two-three-one setup. Yeah, he but played the, a four-four-two. Yeah, he played a four-four-two, but it was exact same thing, kind of because you had the wingers. Yeah, and the wing backs, they were able to outnumber the wing backs of uh, yeah. Atalanta, Mojica, and Napoli, which left a two-v-two battle in the midfield which clearly Sampdoria won. Yeah. And then you have the three forwards of Atalanta who aren't going to track back and play defensive. Yeah. And it leaves a shortage of players in the defensive end. And when you have a 2v3, as in the two strikers, Qualiarella and Gaston Ramirez versus the three defenders of Atalanta, you're going to struggle. Yeah, for sure. They're just, Simply, they're just getting outnumbered in their defensive end and they're leaking in goals. Yeah, they are. And then uh, just a quick note here, I want to... Make a shout out to Emilio Dero. Another solid performance from him in the mm-hmm. Sampdoria goal. Solid goalkeeper. Yeah. Solid goalkeeper. Great goalkeeper. Juve product. Juve youth product. So, yeah. you know, good to see him uh, starting to shine with the Sampdoria team. So, congratulations to Sampdoria. 3-1 to one win. Up there now in the table. I think this is probably one of the biggest shocks of Serie A so far is how well Sampdoria is performing. Yeah, Quags too. He's yeah. scoring again. He had Four goals. Four goals already. this season so far. He was a bit quiet last season, yeah. but uh, he's come back. Yeah, absolutely. Again. I absolutely. think he's around 37, 38, right? No? Yeah, he's up there. Mm-hmm. He's up there for sure. So congratulations to Sampdoria. Let's move on to that uh, dud of a game, but they got it done. Inter, 2-0 victors against Genoa. You tell me what you think about the center team. <laughs> I know you got some thoughts. They did make big changes. Yeah. Maybe it seems like Conte might be tuning in to hear. But seriously, Antonio, think- if you are, sorry about that comment last week. Because <laughs> listen, you, you hey, I'm, I, I got a lot of respect for you. Just, you know, that's passion coming out. But enter, he set up the team exactly how we said we thought he should. Yeah. So, you know, he did. Send, and- the, send the 11 million over here. We'll take it. <laughs> 100%. Big thing for me that I was so happy to see and he got rewarded with man of the match Andrea Ranocchia makes his debut uh, well his 2020-2021 season debut for Inter Milan controls that center back that is experience through and through back there this guy needs to play more this guy needs to play more no more of this D'Ambrosio Skriniar or DeVry and Kolarov at the back you have a very well experienced 
former captain of the squad, only 31 years old, big boy, and Andrea Ranocchia, uh, who's been so humble through this whole experience. He was stripped of the captaincy when our Icardi came in, and, exactly, and yeah. he was humble about it. He just he's, This is a guy that works so hard, does a great job. This guy deserved this game, deserved this man of the match, and deserves to play more time. And if this guy plays more time and he continues to play like this, this guy deserves to be in the national team as well. Yeah, Ranocchia, if we look back in the body days with Bonucci. With Bonucci. With, with Bonucci and Ranocchia. If you were to ask anyone, just watch them. Ranocchia was the better of the two. He was the better of the two. He was the big one that everybody wanted. And the unfortunate part is, Bonucci ended up going to a great Juve team, and Ranocchia ended up going to a very poor Inter team. Yeah. And Ranocchia was kind of let down uh, through the management and that yeah. poor team. He wasn't able to shine. Yeah. So you saw how he performed with greater players around him. It didn't look like he lost. He didn't lose Any pace. He looked fast. He looked sharp. He did. He knew this was his opportunity. Yeah, he, he kept that back three in line. He kept mm-hmm. Ambrosio in line. And if there's someone that Bastoni's going to learn off of, that's the guy you want to yeah, learn and off I of. I feel Vernocchia, I feel, is more vocal than De Vrij. He is. In the midfield. You know, in the middle. I mean, in the, yeah, in the middle of defense. Yeah. And you had three Italian, yeah. you know, defenders back there and... Yeah. It worked. It worked really well. Bastoni, Ranocchia, D'Ambrosio, even though I'm still not a big fan of him being yeah, the right I, center back. I'm but still not a fan of that, but the chemistry, maybe there's something in it. It worked there. well. He pulled out with a, he pulled in with a goal again, D'Ambrosio, scoring big when it mattered, and he uh, scored off of Ranocchia's header too. So they yeah. both paired up on that corner yeah. to win that goal. So big, big, yeah. big win. Erickson too. Good yeah. performance. Vidal again put in a solid performance. Vidal, he he's been solid aside from you know that giving away that penalty in that Mooch and Gladblock game. Arturo Vidal has been Yeah, he's been good. He's been what content needs him to be, right? Yeah. So he just on the in the biggest moment so far of his intercare, he kind of yeah. choked. But yeah. And it was nice to see but Ella got the assist break and he came right on. Yeah. Made the difference. Got an assist, did well. Hakimi played well when he came on too. Mm-hmm. So the, the only disappointment was Martinez was non-existent in this game. Yeah, yellow card. He was very frustrated when he came off, started punching the seat on the bench. It was nice to see Pino Monti come on. Yeah, I was happy for his uh, debut. Absolutely. And Lukaku again banging in goals still. Banging in goals. The guy. Him the, and Barella have uh, some telepathic stuff going on right now. Yeah, too. Absolutely. So very impressive. You know, I don't think there's much to say about this Genoa team. Kind of knew what was going to happen. Yeah, coming Genoa, in, they were horrendous. They had one shot all game. Yeah, that's kind of like the Bruce much and Gladbach game. Yeah, you know, Bruce didn't get a shot on net. Until the 80th minute, and they somehow ended up to tie 2-2. But it's like you said, this is what Conte does. This is Conte's kind of style. He suffocates the other team, makes them play in their own yes. end. It's hard to get a it's hard to get a counter off, right? It is. It is. I have a. I got to bring something to the table here. More Inter stuff. Keep going. Oh, so, um, congratulations to Inter Milan. Two nothing victors. Needed that win. Keep the momentum and uh, getting started. Um, Hopefully this uh, sets them, gets them back on the right track. Obviously, an important game coming up midweek, and uh, this is the momentum. This is basically the game they needed to build some momentum. Yeah, because the, the, that that AC Milan game and that Mucha Gladbach game right after really deflating yeah. for them. And uh, it's good that the the bench pitched in. Yeah, the bench pitched in. They did they did a job. Yeah. Guys are getting minutes. And Barella got the need. break. That was a good one, too. Yes. Good thing to see, too. Yes. So, 
congratulations to Inter and uh, nice glasses. Salute. Salute. Salute to Inter. All right, let's move on to the next game. Uh, Lazio, 2-1 to one victors over Bologna. Uh, again, since uh, I feel sorry for you. Yeah. Bologna, again, outplaying their uh, opponent. Goal disallowed in the first half. Yeah, uh, it's the results yeah, are I not just, coming their way. No, it, it, that that's really how it feels. Like Bologna at least deserved a point in this game. They deserve to me. I watched this game in its entirety. They deserve to win this game. They they outplayed Lazio, and then if you saw, yes, the switch turned off when Lazio went up to nothing. But in the last ten minutes, Lazio couldn't do nothing. They could do nothing. Bologna was all over them, and rightly so. Di Silvestri scores, almost ties it in the very last minute of the game. Almost again, same opportunity, but but the, you know what? At on a preview again, I always bring it back to preview. Because I felt like we did a pretty good job previewing. And Bologna, we said their weakness is they don't have a striker who's good at finishing. Yeah. And that is their problem. Yeah. They create tons of chances. They created 14 chances from open play alone. Yeah. Another seven base off set pieces. So no one's winning balls off set pieces. No one's no. anticipating winning the headers. No one's winning their duels. No. And open play, I hate to say it, but Palacio, he's just not doesn't have it in him anymore to pitch in goals the way he used to. He doesn't. He doesn't. Santander isn't pulling through. No. You know, and, you know, there's only so much that Nicolas Sansone and Roberto Soriano can do. I mean, you could see the frustration in Soriano's eyes during the game. He was doing everything he could to create an opportunity. There's just nobody on the there's other no end striker. to bang it in, right? There's no strike like, on this look team. Who you t- look, who, look who's scoring for you in this game, Lorenzo Di Silvestri. You're right, you're right back. So Who's having a great season, by the way. He is having a great season. But, uh, but yeah, you're, their strikers are Santander and Palacio. Yeah, they... And to... Think Palacio still starting? Yeah, over Barrel. certain players Barrel's up there. It's not. It's not. Doesn't look good for no. Bologna. You have to have someone else come in. No, and add something different than what yeah. Palacio can bring. For me, Palacio, he's too. Uh, he's too lightweight. Let's just put it that yeah. way. To be a lone striker, he is. He's too lightweight. He is. They need a big body up front, Bologna. Someone who's going to battle, especially like you look at the size of the. The center backs at Lazio, who had a, he had to go up against Hote, Cherby, pa- Patrick. Yeah. Peperena was enough for this game, too. Solid performance for Peperena, by the way. Yeah, he played really good. Yeah. Composed, focused. Well, the, even like the. That's Bologna's problem, though. Yeah. They have a lot of good dribbling players that are quick. Just. There's nothing else. It's too predictable. Yeah. Too predictable. You need a and plan at B. the end of the day, it's individual errors that cost them. So. Yeah, it is. But why do you think these individual errors happen? Because there's, they're trying to do too much. Yeah. Keep it simple. Yeah. The game is meant to be played simple. And that's yeah. it. Yeah, and and I that's mean, kind of what Lazio did. They didn't do anything out of the ordinary. Nothing. They did nothing. I mean, just just a quick stat for you in this game. I mean, for those of you that saw this game before it started on paper, you're like, oh, this is a no-brainer. Lazio's going to win this game. Bologna had 21 shots on net, five on target, 12 off target. Compared to Lazio... Lazio only got 10 shots off, three on target, five off, right? Chiro Immobile scores his goal, Luis Alberto scores his. But Chiro Immobile basically capitalized on an error. So Yeah, but that's what a great striker does. That, that is the difference. Good on him for that. Um, and I will say, Chiro is he is a great striker for City. Uh, national team, whatever you can say, it's a different story. But he's yeah. proven himself in City uh, that he is the real deal. For sure. And uh, that is a difference a striker makes. They yeah. jump on mistakes, and they win you games. You know, it's, it's a low-scoring game. 
That's true. You got you need a guy that can take his chance. Yeah. That's what it's about. Cheeto did. So congratulations to Lazio two one win. Really, really unfortunate for Sinisa. Do you think they're back? Do you think they're back after Borussia Dortmund now? This is back to back wins. Let's see what they do. Let's see what yeah. they do this midweek game. Yeah. Let's see what they do midweek and then and then we'll see. It looks like it looks like they may be to me it looks like they might be regaining that form again. They're gonna regain the form, but this cram schedule is gonna hurt them. Yeah. I think at the end of the day they're just gonna there's, there's not going to be any gas left in the tank for them. Yeah, so we'll see if they have it in them. Yeah, we'll see what they have. But let's uh, in that in that instance, let's move on to uh, the next game where Crotone paid a nice visit to Cagliari at the Sardegna Arena, and uh, you know Eusebio Di Francesco again, uh, fantastic in what he's changed. Yeah. Joao Pedro again, set made history. Yeah, I think he's the second leading goal scorer in Cagliari history behind. Bruno Conti, the legend. Yeah, and you know, you called it. This is where Joao Pedro need to play, needs to play. Yes. Di Francesco's since played him in the, in that position, and he's scored in every game. Caliri, pay me. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. So, great performance from on Caliri's part. They played really well. Giovanni Simeone, goal. Joao Pedro, goal. Sato scored. Rog played really well in the midfield. Um you know sloppy play on Crotone's part Crotone had more of the ball mm-hmm. um, but uh, they just they just looked messy I mean Luca Cigarini picking up two yellows and getting the red uh, but that's that's what I like so Eusebio we said it he wanted to dominate games before he wanted to, he wanted to enforce his style on this team he's brought it back so much now that yeah. he's given Crotone the ball yeah and look they just absolutely beat them because they know I'm pretty sure Eusebio watched the tape against Juve he knows if we have the ball, we try and control. They're gonna plug up. If yeah. Juve can't score, or if we're gonna struggle to score, we're gonna struggle to score. Yeah. And he had a great game plan. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, absolutely. Cordaz made an amazing save on Nandez, one of the shots. Yeah. Holy, I couldn't believe he got up that high. He was like parallel to the crossbar. Yeah. It was insane. But again, Zappa with a great game at the right back. He's looking like a uh, promising uh, talent, Gabriele. Yeah. Maybe could be considered for uh, the national team as a right back maybe a bit too early but he's put in a lot of good performances yeah and a standout performance for me Crotone he's really showing his colors I think he's going to be picked up at the end of the season if Crotone go down Junior Maceas yeah he's the Brazilian shown to be very talented yes tricky tricky the goal this game yeah beg the goal good at dribbling the guy he's a He's looking like a great player. No, he He's is. Impressed me definitely, and uh, you know, the, just just feel for this Crotona team a little bit. I mean, I like I said, I think they're going to go down. Uh, Strappa is feeling the heat. Report. Yes coming out today that uh, he's got he's been basically given two games to turn it around for Crotone and uh, former Parma coach Roberto D'Aversa is waiting in the wings so we'll see what happens with that what did you think about uh, as he's known in Sardinia Pavi goal <laughs> Pavo goal what do you think of Pavoletti's return uh, it was he was out so for people yeah. who don't know Pavoletti he's a prolific goal scorer he, he was out all season last year or last season came back for the very last game of the season, injured again, and no, he's, he's, back, he's yeah. back again. Oh, good to see him on the field. He's going to need some time. Yeah, I just think he's going to need some time, and it's, it's natural when you've been out that long, right? So, um, good to see him back, though. Really good to see him back. So, what do you think? So, what do you think about Godin signing? Ever since he's come to Cali, I think he's. Kind of 
I think, settle down a bit, right? Well, I think Godin brings that veteran presence that this Cagliari team needs, especially in the back there. When you're paired up with such a young center back in Valku, oh, sorry, Valukiewicz, Polish player. <laughs> um, he, you know, it's Valukiewicz. I think has got a lot of potential to be a stud of a center back, and there's nobody better to learn off of than Diego Godin. Before Diego Godin's arrival, Valukiewicz, Valukiewicz was, uh, I mean, he was the one guy, and the guys, only, the kid's only 20 years old, right? So yeah. he, re- you really needed that experience back there to kind of settle him down. Clearly, it's starting to show. I think that it was the Diego Godin signing was a great signing on Cagliari's part, especially for Diego Godin. He's he's getting normal playing time. He's being valued for the presence that he and the experience that he brings to the table. So I think it's just a win-win situation for Diego Godin being at Cagliari. Good, good. So congratulations to Cagliari, four two winners. Yeah, and we'll move on to the next game, yeah. the Derby. Derby della Campania, Benevento Napoli, Ciro. Vigorito Stadium in Benevento. In Benevento. Yeah, let's drag it. Unfortunate to lose this game. Yes, former Milan legends Pippo Inzaghi versus Gennaro Gattuso. Yeah, and then two brothers facing each other. History. History made. For the first time since 1949, have brothers from opposing teams scored. And uh, it was kind of moving when Roberto Insigne, Lorenzo's brother, he scored. He was in tears. Yeah. And it was because. Uh, he kind of said in his interview post match that he felt let down by Napoli. They never believed in him. Yeah. So to go and score against them, score against them in uh, Campania of all places. So I'm sure, he, you know, all his family was watching. Sure. It meant a lot for him. So congratulations for him. Yep. I get him one back on his old club. What did you think about this game? Well, you know, first of all, I, Napoli were coming off a really disappointing loss midweek to AZ Alkmaar. Very disappointing loss. Needed to win this game. Controlled the game. More shots on target. Like they, they. It, it was just a matter of time. When you watch, like I watch this game too. And when you, when you were watching this game, anybody that watches game, it, it, it felt as it's just a matter of time before Napoli scores. Yeah. Like when's it, it, okay? It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. The big difference, though, credit to Gennaro Gattuso for these moves. The game totally changed and. The creativity flowed even more than it than it did when Politano came on, yeah. bagged an assist for bo- set up both goals. He set up both goals to get Napoli back on top. And credit to, to Politano. This is you know Mancini. You want to play your four three three and you need someone on that right side. Give Politano a shot. Yeah, he's he's that's where that's his natural position. Yeah. And, and look what he's doing with this Napoli team. And and did it in what 25, 30 minutes. So. Bit, really important. Big goal by Lorenzo Insigne. You know, welcome back. Yeah, Patania as well. Andrea Patania. I'm so happy this I'm so happy that Gennaro Gattuso has the faith in this guy. This is the big boy striker that you need on this Italian national team. This is your guy. 24, 25 years old, however old he is. He, he is around that age. So much room to grow. Hasn't hit his peak yet. And has so much potential. Didn't show up in the Alkamar game. But Gennaro Gattuso restored the faith in Patania. And said, you're going to go on in this game. And, exactly. and Patania repaid the faith. Scored a beautiful goal. Rocket. He did. Yeah, and I, I agree with your assessment on this. It was just a matter of time. Yeah. Napoli was all over Benevento. Yeah. It was glad, I was glad to see. So... 
people in Zaggy in his last game said, oh, we're always, you know, yeah, the big games, the big teams are always going to lose these games. So you better, it's better to come out playing. And we were like, no, that's not, no, it's not a good idea. So he did play a counterattacking game. So maybe it was a bit of mind games on his end. Yeah. Benevento did play good. Yeah. No, they did. They played. They played Napoli is on a whole other level yeah. compared to a lot of teams right now in Serie A. Yeah. They're on big form. Manolas smashed the bar. Politano hit the bar. It was just a matter of time. Yeah. Bakioko is playing great ever since he made his uh, move from Chelsea. Yeah, he did. Insigne, man of the match performance, yeah. I think. Not a great performance by Ozyman, but it no, was. But he was due for that. Yeah. So it looks like good. signs of fatigue. Yeah. Maybe he needs a rest. And one player that I watched, I evaluated this game pretty closely. One player I didn't know about, and he really stood out to me, was Dam Foulon. He's a Belgian left back for Benevento. That kid looks like the real deal. So people keep an eye on this guy. I think he's going to go places. Uh, very athletic, fast. The kid's uh, a beast. So yeah. he impressed me quite a bit in this game left back definitely definitely so anything else in this game no I think uh, other than you know Napoli deserved to win this game good to see them back get them back on their feet they needed this after that uh, that Alkamar game and yeah. uh, good to see them back on their feet yeah so let's move on to uh, Parma and Spezia 2-2 in this game 2-2 um, Spezia Giuliano's uh, Giuliano's soft spot team but the one thing the, the big thing about this is Parma I believe had 11 players missing for this game COVID that's a lot it is they wouldn't be the first team no that's a lot and they still managed to get a 2-2 draw um, you know what, could, what, what can we say I mean uh, Luigi Seppe is not having a great season so far he's having a bit of a nightmare um, good thing is even though Parma has been rough, they're in 15th place. We knew they were going to be somewhere in that area. Yeah. So they are kind of where we expected. At least they're not in uh, in relegation right now. No, they're That's just the point. But that's the one upside to look at this. They are scoring goals. Yeah. It's just a matter of that defense being solidified. That's been their big uh, weakness right now. Yeah. Seppe has not uh, been living no. up to his name. No, hasn't. Um, credit to Spezia, though. You know, good game on their part. Took it to took it to uh, Parma. Um, one player that I mentioned in the uh, Serie A preview when he was still with Sampdoria, Julian Schabit from uh, from Germany, um, was I believe he was loaned out to Spezia right after. He's been having a solid season. Scored a goal in this game. Uh, he's been a been a rock back there for Spezia and uh, Agudelo. Good goal, goal by him. This this Spezia team is right now they're they're punching way above their weight, and uh, yeah, they for a city a B team. Vincenzo Italiano, he his yeah. teams they know how to put on a show. Yeah, I've been very impressed with him and his coaching. He's another one to watch out for. A good young coach. Yeah, definitely. Ivan Provedal came in. Uh, he's a backup goalie since yeah. uh, Zoet's been out. He played outstanding. Played outstanding. Great game for him. Yeah. Same with uh, the striker who's in uh, for Gala, Galabinov. Yeah. Nazola, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Great game by him. Definitely. You know, they have some nice players in this team. No, they do. Spezia. They're doing it. Putting in performances, getting points. This is what's going to keep them alive in City A. Ah, in these types of performances, you got to, you know, go uh, punch for punch with these teams around you. Definitely. Definitely. Especially this. I think this Parma team is 
underperforming. They are. I think they can do better. Do you think Fabio Liberani lasts the season? I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so. If they don't get if they don't start winning games now, I don't think he's gonna last. What I do think. you think they do though? I don't know. I mean, the 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 Parma owners, it's part, it's new ownership, but there's no reports. There's no like they don't talk to the media, nothing. So you really don't know like what's going on behind the scenes, what their vision is. Yeah, it's it's strange. It's it's really strange. Usually, new owners they'll come out, they'll share their visions. Like you look at Comiso, Friedkin, not really yet, but you're getting some idea of what they want to do. Yeah, considering all the stuff that's going on. Cause, yeah, considering all the stuff that's going on. But I mean, the Parma, the new Parma ownership has been very quiet. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kraus, Kraus is the yeah, Kraus is the owner. I don't know American owner. Yeah, you know if, if I'm heritage. Yeah, if I'm Kraus. If I'm Kraus and I don't believe in Fabio Liverani, I give him a couple more games. If I don't see any performances, then I, I, I have to unfortunately got to give him the axe and bring someone else in. And because you're gonna have a really important transfer window in in January, and uh, that's the first stamp that Kraus is gonna be able to basically put his stamp on this club uh, is is through that transfer window. So, mm-hmm. you know, I I don't think I don't think Fabio Liverani survives. Especially with these performances. I know. I hope he does. I like Fabio Liberani. Yeah, he's a great coach. You know, his playing career, he wasn't a he was super a hard worker. athletic player. No. He wasn't fast. He was a great, he was a hard skilled, skilled player, skillful, beautiful pass to the ball. That's the way he played. He wants his teams to play, and I think it will come. Yeah. He just needs that backing from Kraus. So it'll be interesting to see, like we said, come January, if he is going to get that backing from the management. We don't know. Yeah. across the situation so we'll see it yeah. William Cyprian made a one of their signings did make a, a sub appearance he did play pretty decent was arguably one of their best midfielders behind yeah. Kuzka so maybe that's someone you start bringing in more change change something because something's not working in this team for no something's not right working now. but if you're Kraus and if I mean, I'm I'm the furthest thing from an owner of a club. I mean, I have aspirations to own one, like own a club one day, whether yeah. it's here or somewhere else in Europe. But uh, you know, if I'm the owner and I'm coming into a team and it's a new coach and he's already come out and said, you know, this is my kind of style of play. This team's not built to play that way. I would come out as the owner, knowing that Fabio Liverani's struggling. If I uh, struggling, if I believe in Fabio Liverani, I'm going to come out and say we're behind him 100. percent We're going to give him. Till, till halfway through the season, see where the gaps are, see what he needs. In January, we're going to go out and we're going to get those players for him, get him what he wants, mm-hmm. sell who he, who's expendable to make up that money so we can buy those players and fully throw your support. If not, if I believe Ronnie's not your guy, then you got to cut the tie sooner than later, and I would do it sooner yeah, rip because the off. you have... You have Jan- you have a transfer window coming up in January. You want to give this new coach, if you have a coach that you're already thinking about bringing in, bring him in, give him a month or two to figure out what works and what doesn't work and what I need so you can go out and get it. Mm-hmm. If I'm the owner, that's what I would do. But who knows Who knows what Kraus wants to do? Yeah, we'll see. Brand new ownership. We'll see what their plan yeah, is long we'll term. Exactly. So let's move on. Yes, next game, Artemio, Frankie Stadium, Fiorentina, Udinese. Don't okay. I'm, game. I'm, I'm happy Fiorentina won this game. I'm not happy Beppe Iacchini stays in stays behind the bench. He was very, very fortunate. 
They should have lost yeah. this game. Fiorentina. They should have lost this game. They won because of very poor goalkeeping. Yeah, with Udinese. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, what can you say? This this Udinese team. I've been saying it from the beginning. They're they're a mess. Credit though, you know, Stefano Okaka, two goals. Another another big striker can hold up the ball. Someone that Mancini can look at. For some reason, he's looking at Kevin Lasagna instead, who can't score for the life of him. They both had three shots each. Okaka gets two. Lasagna. Nothing. Zero. 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 But the big thing I'll say on Udinese's part, if I'm Luca Gotti, if I'm Luca Gotti and I'm playing Nicholas, Nicholas... I mean, for those of you that don't know, I'm a goal. I've been a goalkeeper all my life, pretty much. Yes. And uh, I'm very critical on some goalkeepers. And when I see a performance the way Nicholas played in this game against Fiorentina, and the, and the last game too, it was and the last game too. I mean, Nicholas looks lost. I understand as a goalkeeper, you want to own your 18-yard box. You want to charge out. You want to make sure that they know that you're coming up. If that ball's not 18, you're going with them. Nicholas mistimed his charges, mistimed coming out, mistimed everything. So he'd come out, the ball's over here, so he's scrambling. It, it, he was scrambling the whole time. It, it just it looked awful. It looked awful. You have potentially still very young, still got a lot to learn, amazing potential to be a stud of a goalkeeper, and Simone Scuffet on the bench. If I'm Luca Gatti, I'm giving the gloves to Simone Scuffet next game. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. I agree. Nicholas doesn't belong there. No, he, he does. Did have a great season at Hellas Verona last yeah. year, but that's doesn't matter. No, he, he looks as good as your last game. He looks lost. He's been very poor. Yeah, he's clearly not focused. Doesn't no. have the mindset to be a backup. No, to be a backup, you need a different mindset than being a starter. You do. Starter, you're in all the time. You're yeah. you go through the the motions every day. Backup, you have to be mentally ready to turn on at flip of a switch. Absolutely. And Nicholas has shown he's not ready. No. Especially the way he likes a goalkeeper. He's a very aggressive goalkeeper, like you said, likes to come out, likes to go for the ball quite a bit. He's not a goalie that stays on his line and yeah. He's not a, a shot stopper, right? He's more wants to be involved with the pass and everything. You have to be really sharp if you're gonna be that type of goalkeeper. Hundred percent. And clearly he isn't. Yeah, he looks lost. I mean, uh, Scuffet to me is more of a stay on your line type of goalkeeper. Yeah, he's stay. a better shot stopper than Nicholas is. He is. He is, and he's a big reason that Spezia made it up through promotion, like to the Serie A this season. So, but I guess Luca Gotti, he clearly wants, you know, build it from the back. That obviously has something to do with it. Maybe Scuffet doesn't have the feet, the mindset to do that. But you see the differences. Yeah, three goals against because of poor goalkeeping. Yeah. Absolutely, and, and that's then, the difference between yeah <laughs> being at the bottom of the table and mid table. Yakini yeah. now, yeah. Let's move over to Fiorentina on this. Like, yeah. lucky Castrovilli. Castrovilli is the reason he's saved keeping him. his job. Beppe Yakini came out and said, "Oh, he's teaching Castrovilli." How he's to not attend. teaching Castrovilli anything. <laughs> Castrovilli, he has to be thanking him. Yeah, for uh, yeah for saving him because. Man of the match, hands down, two goals mm-hmm. and the assist. So he's involved in all three goals. Um, you know what's there to say? This not this. Fiorentina went up. It's like okay, everything looks good. And then all of a sudden, as soon as Fiorentina goes up, Beppe Akin decides, oh, I'm going to play my style. I'm going to go sit back and give the ball to Udinese. Why are you going to do that? Why are you going to do that? Why are you going to change what's working? If it's working, I don't touch it. In it's, this game, it's, it's fear. It's fear for whatever reason. But any, but we've seen that every time he results back to his normal way of counterattack, give the ball to them, it does. It, it backfires on him. Yep. It backfires on him. If I'm Comiso, 
If I'm Comiso, you have some great prospects in this team. This Fiorentina team is really good. They're they're really they good. They got a lot of good pieces. But you need a. We've been saying this since the beginning. You need the right coach to guide this team through. Because right now the players are what's keeping Beppe Iacchini alive, especially Gaetano Castrovilli. Who should be Mancini? Look at this guy. Go take a trip to Florence now. Go take go to Artemio Franchi and take a look at Castrovilli because he's been playing great. Um, the one thing that I will say is the. The forwards played horrendous in this game. Callejon and Vlavic. Callejon, why? Is he playing up top? I have no idea. I don't know. When you uh, have, but you, you know what? Kutrone, he, but even when, they brought the Kutrone, even when they brought Kutrone and Kwame on the bench, off the bench, they didn't play that great. But all, what I had to say to that is he's not building the team so that the strikers succeed. Yeah. He doesn't. His system, even when he has a healthy, when he has a healthy lineup, you know Ribery's up top. Yeah. Kwame, his whole team is built on the counter. Yeah, absolutely. His whole team is built on the counter. And you would think you'd have a big target man to play the counter, but he likes to play Vlahovic. He likes to play with his feet. He's a dribbler. Yeah. Well, he likes to shoot. It's very strange. I don't understand his tactics. Yeah. They don't make any sense to me. For me, you'd want a hitman on all the time. Like Kwame, when he played against Inter, was very dangerous. Yeah. He's big. He can hold up the ball, cause trouble. Same with Crutone. He's not, he's not big, but he's a very... Uh, intelligent with his movement yeah, into the exactly. spaces and that's what you think you would need on a team like this but he it's a it's a weird team of it's just a mismatch you have Baragi who likes to put in balls him and he got two assists this game but you have a you have a defender who likes to cross in the ball but who's he going to cross it into in this case between Kalihon and Vladovic Bonaventura you got a playmaker Amrabat a bit of a playmaker you, a playmaker. you have all there. playmakers in this team yeah Playmakers where you play counterattack. You yeah. have three you have three playmakers in a midfield in a team where you're gonna sit back yeah. and pass to who? It just doesn't make it just sense. Makes no sense. No, it doesn't. The one thing I will say about Bartolome Dragovsky, stunning save. I believe it, it was when Udinese was trying to tie the game up. Big save off the line. Fantastic save. So if you take a look at the highlights on the zone, if you have the zone, the Udinese and Fiorentina highlights, great save by Dragovsky there. Yeah, something's got to change. Again, Udinese, unfortunate. They should be doing a lot better. They've actually been pretty good this season. Just they're, they either have the problem of poor goalkeeping or can't score. Yeah. Today it, was, today it was poor goalkeeping. Fiorentina, they're counting their blessings because they've been absolute garbage since the uh, Inter loss. Yeah, they have been. They got away with this win, that's for sure. It's been it's so bad that Comiso has had enough of being in Tuscany, yeah, and he's going to, and he's, he's going, going back, back to the states because he cannot stand. He can't take the pressure. The pressure. He's he's sick of it. So yeah, the club's a mess. It's not looking good for Fiorentina. We'll no. see what happens. No. Fingers crossed, because it's such a historic club. You hate to see it going down this road. Yeah. Changing the guard. You got to do a change in the guard. Something's got to give here. Yeah. But in that case, let's move on. Big 1-1 one, one draw here. Juventus, Hellas, Verona. You know, when we when we previewed this game, we said this game was going to be tough. Because Hellas, Verona, they are a solid team they defensively. Are, yeah, they're one of the hardest teams to score against. Yeah, they are. They play compact. Silvestri again. The yeah. guy was he was a stud. Amazing. I think he caught every shot that was taken at him. Yeah, he uh, caught with his hands almost. Yeah, unbelievable stud. And I mean, if you're Andrea Pirlo and you're Andrea and you're Agnelli, how much of a leash are you gonna give I this know. guy? Andrea Pirlo has only won one game on the field this yeah. season. One game, he's won. Let's yeah. put that into perspective for you, eh? 
Yeah. There's been five games played this season. He's won one game. Yeah. The, aside from that Champions League game, we're not counting that. Which was... In the City A, they've only won one game on the field. That's for a defending nine-time champion. That's very poor. Like nine-time-in-a-row champion, that's very poor. The crazy thing is, somehow they're still in fifth place. They haven't lost. That's the They haven't that's lost. That's the positive. Yeah. On top of that, they should have beaten this Verona team. They hit the bar through Dybala. They had their chances. Kulizewski popped in with a, a big goal. Cuadrado hit the bar as well. Like the chances are there, just the yeah. finishing isn't there. So Definitely. you would feel eventually the chances are going to come, especially when Ronaldo yeah. comes back. The chances will be there, and that will be the difference to push him, you know, make the difference in games like this. But as of right now, uh, Pirlo, it's... Yeah, it's not it's not good. impressive. The tactics are not impressive by Pirlo. No, not at all. Not at all. I Like, Bernadeschi was... Do you think Agnelli's regretting this decision right now? I think, or is it too early? No offense to Pirlo, but I think by Agnelli hiring Pirlo showed a lot of arrogance. Yeah. It it, it was a statement to say, look how we can win City out with such a weak... With such an inexperienced coach, I should, yeah. should say. Not a yeah. weak coach. It's kind of a slap in the face of the rest of the city clubs. I think so. I think especially it is. to, for instance, Inter. You're paying 11 million. Yeah, they're paying Pirlo. I'm nowhere near that. Yeah, and it's like, look how we come in the club. We don't need this guy. Yeah. It's it's arrogant. It's, I, it's a bit of arrogance yeah. by the Anelli uh, ownership. Yeah, I, I think Andrea Pirlo's got the potential to be a fantastic manager. Just I. I think he should have. They should have stayed the course with him, and that he was going to take over the Juventus under twenty three team in City FC. That would have been a good way to start your managerial career, kind of ease your way in, work with the youth talent, get to know the youth, and then eventually move up to the first team. Because guess what? Who's going to be coming up through the ranks? The anybody that's playing for that under twenty three team, right? So. Yeah, I mean, I just think this was kind of... I think hiring Pirlo was a mistake at this stage in the game. It was. It was arrogance on Agnelli's part. I, I agree with what you're saying, but... It's a statement saying, like, City has weak. To me, it's he's saying City has weak. Yeah. We can win. Or they believe. Juve, it doesn't matter. It's the culture of, of the club is what wins. The yeah. coach doesn't matter. The coach is dispensable. Yeah. It's one or the other to me. Yeah. So I don't know. I I'm not impressed by Bielo's tactics at all. No, They've and I mean if poor. You, his player selection sucks. Yeah, to put it this to team it bluntly, Juve was better off keeping keeping Sadi and letting him ride out his contract. I think. That, I think that's a tough one because I think a lot of Pjanic came out, for instance, at who's at Barcelona now and said uh, that he didn't have the trust of any of the players. So, so when what? The, when the trust of the players and the coaches in there, it's never going to work. Do you, do you think this guy's going to go as deep in the Champions League as? Do you think Pirlo? Pirlo's going to go as deep in the Champions League as Saudi? The only thing Pirlo, I don't know. The only thing Pirlo's going to have going from this season with Champions League is that uh, a lot of the teams look out of form. Yeah, they do. They and, do. You know. There's not. A, there's no favorites this year. No, except and, Bayern. No, and but the other thing that with this Juve team that we've known because we always talk about it, but that's starting to show the world is that. This team is all about Cristiano Ronaldo. When Ronaldo's not in the lineup, and I think any any Juve fan knows that now. Yeah, without Ronaldo, sorry guys, you guys don't have it. It's anything. a very it's a very ordinary team. It, yeah, it, it shows how good Ronaldo is, yeah. and it shows how ordinary 
Juve is. 100%. And he covers up a lot of the cracks. He in does. Team. He does. It's like what Andrea Pirlo did with the Italian national team. He made a lot of ordinary players look good as soon as he left. As soon as it was time for him to go, look at the mess that ensued, right? Mm-hmm. So, And Bonucci, now like now we're going to speak about Juve's depth again. Bonucci's out now with a hamstring. Yeah. Don't know how bad it was if he pulled up just because he felt a little twinge or if it actually was a, a bad pull. Yeah, so we'll now see. They, now but it looks got, like Delict is coming back. Yeah. That's that's the big thing. Danilo's playing good. You have Demiral back there. But now that's it. There's no one else. Yeah. Chiellini's hurt. Bonucci's hurt. Your two uh, leaders in the team are gone. Yeah. A lot of question marks around this team still. They yeah. have not been convincing. But it gives me flashbacks to that, that one season. Juve started, I think it was 10 games into the season. They were around mid-table. And this was the Conte area. I think yeah. it was the second or third season Conte was there. And, and he just went on an undefeated tear. He did. And destroyed everybody. I think Inter was in first that season. Roma was up there, if I'm not mistaken. And then they just steamrolled everybody ahead of them. So who knows? It's still early days for Pirlo. It is. So it's hard to it's hard to uh, throw judgment out there. and We'll see what happens. We'll yeah, we will see what happens. We'll see what happens. And then, so before we move on to the Champions League game, for those of you, don't forget today, AS Roma visiting AC Milan, the biggest game of the match day. Derby di Europa. <laughs> yeah, the Derby di Europa. If you're not watching this game, you're not really Italian. <laughs> In the words of Joe Biden. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, don't forget to catch it. For those of you watching in Canada, Watch it, catch it on the zone 345 or on Tele Latino. So let's move on. Let's move on. Champions League. Champions League. Champions League. Let's go. Let's see how Champions League is looking this week. So um, I guess the one, the first game, the first game taking place tomorrow at uh, 155 is uh, Inter making a trip to Ukraine to play Shakhtar. What are your thoughts on this game? Must win. Yeah, definitely. especially after Madrid won the uh, the derby against yeah. Barcelona. Madrid's feeling the momentum now. Now right? they now they got a bit of you know Sergio Ramos, especially if Sergio Ramos comes back. He was gone for the first game. Sergio Ramos, who got a lot of flack early on in his career for maybe being too aggressive, and these people forget who Sergio Ramos was playing against. Yeah, he was playing against the best Spanish players of probably yeah. of all time. Yeah. in La Liga at, the, at that point and he was an outstanding defender now we're only realizing now how great he is in, in later in his career yeah he's a he's a force to be reckoned with so if Sergio Ramos and Madrid start striking a note here and start winning their games enter in trouble n- need to win this game yeah Shakhtar did beat that Madrid team uh, essentially with a, a B team yeah I can't see that happening again. No. Inter, Shakhtar, this is a rematch from the Europa League semifinal. We're not missing anyone big. No. Some notice, noticeable notable uh, players missing are Sanchez, Greenar, Gagliardini, but yeah, none of them have been heavily involved so far this year. Uh, Shakhtar are missing quite a few players still. Konopalenka, Ismaili, Kovalenko, Kristov, Junior Marais. So they are missing some big players. Yeah. to call Inter should win this they have to win this they didn't play a bad game they were just very poor defensively I think if you bring Renocchi again you try that defense again yeah I can't imagine 
too many teams are going to score against Inter if they play the way they did yeah. this weekend. I, I agree with you. I agree. I think I don't think uh, I don't think Shakhtar wins this game. I think Inter Inter has to win this game. The pressure's on them to win this game now, especially after what happened at the El Clasico over the past weekend. So, you know, with Real Madrid in your group, win this game. Get these three points. Mm-hmm. We should see Hakimi come back. There was a bit of controversy with UEFA yeah. and uh, his two false positive COVID tests. Yeah, same thing happened with uh, Gianluca Mancini for Roma. For Roma yeah. He was ruled while well, he was ruled out with suspension, but he, he was tested to have a positive te- uh, result for COVID nineteen. Now he retested and has a negative. So something's going on with UEFA. Get your testing right. Yeah, Inter. Like I said, better team. Beat them not too long ago. The difference is going to be, I think, is Handanovic going to show up. Handanovic has been a shadow of his, of his uh, former yeah, self. he has been. If Handanovic comes back to the player he was not too long ago, <laughs> you know, earlier this year, Enter is the real deal yeah. this season. They just got to get over this hump, get past this group stage, and they will show their true colors. For sure. Handanovic has to be the captain, has to step up. Be a leader. Put in a the performance of a leader. Lead by example and show these guys. Listen, we're here to win this trophy. Let's get it done. Definitely, definitely. But so let's uh, let's move on to the next Italian team. Enter to win. Enter to win. We're both telling you to take Enter to win. Uh, move on to our next Italian club. Ajax is now paying a visit to Atalanta. This is a big game tomorrow. Big said, Ajax just. One thirteen nothing event yeah. against VVV Venlo. Yeah, Venlo in uh, the Eredivisie. Atalanta has been. Uh, they go. They, they do Michland. They lose to Sampdoria. I don't, I don't know how to call this game. Ajax played a good game against uh, Liverpool. Yeah, I think this game is going to be high scoring. I don't know. I, think I don't both know. Teams are. I, both, I think both teams are capable of ha- making this like a three to two, four to three game. It'll be interesting because it's crazy that Ajax, they prevented uh, Liverpool from scoring. Yeah. To the point where Jurgen Klopp, he substituted his front three of Firmino, Salah, and Sané. He took them all off at the same time. So they shut down arguably one of the best attacks in Europe. But uh, this Atlanta team's different when it comes to attacking. It is different. It's going to be... This Ajax team has impressed me a little bit. Atlanta, I don't know. It seems like they're kind of losing form a bit yeah. we all like we expected them to be Michelin. yeah they're off and on i, th- I think and you might for me this one you might as well flip a coin yeah that's how close this game's gonna be I, I agree with you i agree with you it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tough um you know do you think gasparini approaches this as a more i know you think you kind of already answered the question but do you think they'll be more passive in this game gasparini is going to start to realize listen we can't Keep doing this and getting smashed by oh, Sampdoria. I think he's gonna. I think smashed he's gonna, by. I think he's gonna try. Napoli. And, he's gonna try and suffocate this Ajax team. High press, continue. High press, continue. continue. He's gonna have formula. his. He's gonna have his A team in this game. I think Atalanta edges Ajax out here. I think it's gonna be two to one or three to two. I don't think it's gonna be a clean game. Nobody's gonna get a clean sheet here. This Atalanta team, defensively, obviously, is a weak spot. And this Ajax team can score. I understand that Ajax held off Liverpool, but Liverpool hasn't been all that impressive uh, in, the Premier League. in the Premier League this yeah. year. So let's see how Atalanta does um, against. Uh, let's see how Atalanta does against Ajax. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say take Atalanta in this game. I'm gonna flip that coin. And the coin's telling me to take Atalanta. I want to see the Serie A teams do well. So I'm gonna take Atalanta in this game. Don't bet this game. 
This yeah. game is very hard to call. Don't bet this game. But for the sake of it, I'm telling you to take Atalanta. Yeah, I'm going to give Atalanta the the edge here too. E- even though Ajax won 13 nothing, Venlo is a very uh, inconsistent team, to put it lightly. Yeah. They're a team made of lone players from Chelsea almost. So yeah. I don't see them having that success against Atalanta. Even though Atalanta's defense is weak, that is their weak point. I do expect Hatibor and Gosens to play because they came off the bench in the last game. Like I said in my my uh, review of their game against Sampdoria, if Gosens and Hatibor play for Gasparini, it's a completely different game. When they're not on the field, Atalanta is not the same. Yeah. I know people think of Papu Gomez, Zapata, Muriel when they think of uh, Atalanta. But Gosens and Hatibor are the two most important players in this team. Yeah, I agree with you. They'll be there for that so game. If so if they start, I say Atalanta win. If they don't start, if even one of them's missing, it's not happening for them. Yeah. Well, that being said, let's let's move on here. Next Italian team. These two games are on Wednesday. Lazio is visiting Club Brugge. This game I'm excited for. I put a lot of I've been hyping up this Club Brugge team quite a bit. I think they're the real deal. A lot of young talent. Very physical, but technical at the same time, like we've said before. Uh, very tall as well, this team. Dangerous offset pieces, can control the game. They can do it all, Club Bruges. Maybe they're not the best. Yeah. and They're like a jack of all trades, but the uh, master of none. nothing, right? One of those teams. Lazio have kind of been scraping by wins. Can they keep up scraping by with these wins, you think? Like you got to give them credit because they were they started really rough in this season. Yeah. Chiro's now starting to score. They're they're figuring it out. Not playing beautiful, but they're finding a way to get yeah. a result. And the result at the end of the day is all that matters yeah. in this sport. I think, in my opinion, that that win against Dortmund very inspiring for them, and they want to keep the momentum going and they want to keep control of this group. Win this game against Bruges. So I think Simone Inzaghi is going to field his A team for this game. And uh, you could see he had, he, he, you know, playing Pepe Rene, Pepe Rene on the weekend, rotating his squad a little bit. He's got one eye on this game against Bruges. So I, I'm going to say Lazio's going to win this game. I just think as much as Bruges, they are the real deal. I believe that. I just, Lazio should beat them. The yeah, quality should. of the Serie A compared to the Jupiler League, no offense, yes. to the, no offense to the Belgium First Division, but City A is considered one of the big five in Europe. Mm-hmm. I think Lazio wins this game. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting midfield battle with the veterans uh, Vaniken and Vormer in there for yeah. Bruges. They're very tall players. I don't think the likes of uh, Milikovic, Savic, Lieva, yeah. they've come up against a team in City A with midfielders that are big, big boys, big physical bodies. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see that. That'll it be interesting be. to see That's for gonna sure. be a very interesting battle because yeah. in City, yeah, you got a lot of uh, smaller, yeah, to average height ball control midfielders. There's not a lot of let's say Milinkovic Savages in City, yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be very interesting and for sure to see how they can handle a four three three. Yeah, absolutely. Because well, Club Bruges played a different type of four three three compared to the rest of City. Yeah, like I said, it's more athletic. Yeah, more more speed and it can be dangerous on their day for sure they've given a lot of teams trouble in the past and no, they they've have. only gotten better since so they have they have very interesting game one to keep an eye out yeah for. and then uh this one was supposed to be one of the cream of the crop games i think it'll still be a good game but uh 
The first one at the Allianz Stadium in Torino, Barcelona visit Juventus. That's a big test for Andrea Pirlo. This is a big one. This is a Especially big Especially now, test. Barcelona got spanked by Madrid at the Camp Nou. Yeah. You know, Coleman, Coleman was very frustrated. Not, only, not only Coleman, Mr. Capitan himself, Leo yes, Messi. Yes, Messi. There's not a lot of happy guys no. <laughs> in the Barcelona team right now. Juve, I would imagine the same thing. It's not uh, a yeah. happy-go-lucky place right now in that changing room. No, and you, you don't have your main guy in Cristiano Ronaldo for this game. Yeah, I believe he's going to be missing again yeah, because of COVID. That's a big loss. That's a big, that's a big loss for it's Juve. It's unfortunate. This is the game Well, UEFA's been waiting forever. Right? Yeah, All well, UEFA will get it one more time at Camp Nou, right, in a couple mm. of weeks. So, I mean... Just breaking down this game, I'll tell you right now. I, I, I don't how do you think? Yeah, tell me. How do you think Pirlo approaches this game? I think Pirlo's going to play a counterattack. I really do. I just don't think Pirlo can get it right against his Barca team. This is too intimidating. This is a, as mad as his Barca team is, and as much of a mess as Barca team is, and just because of the morale in the locker room there. I just think they got way too much quality for this Juve team. This Juve team is struggling against the likes of Hellas Verona, Crotone. Yes, they played arguably their best game against Dinamo Kiev. But this is Barcelona we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. This is Barca. This is the one of the biggest, most successful historic clubs in the world. And they got arguably one of the greatest players of all time in Lionel Messi. Arguably the best player of all time in Leo Messi. And I just think at the end of the day, you're still going up against Messi. You, you got question marks around Giorgio Chiellini and Leonardo Bonucci, who are your leaders back there. That's a, that's a, and Delitz out. And Delitz out. So who are you going to play there? Especially that's So that was one thing I was going to say. If Bonucci's not healthy... Yeah, this is this, this has got this has got the makings of a disaster. So, like, you're gonna have an interesting battle now. So, Ronaldo's not there, but yeah, who's the big other? Who's the other big player on Juve who's been in Messi's shadow for national team? Oh, uh, Dybala. Dybala. So Dybala. that's a player who's gonna say, "Listen, this is my I opportunity. Got my opportunity to play against Messi now. Now I can finally step out of his shadow." I think this is a big game for Dybala. No, it is a big game for Dybala. I just don't see a, I, don't, I just don't see a positive result out of this game for Juventus. I don't. It's going to be tough. If Bonucci's not in there, I'd, yeah. If if Bonucci, Chiellini, obviously they're not going to be in there. If Bonucci's definitely not in there, I don't know what they do with the defense. That's really going to mess up the tactics. Yeah. I think a, a counterattacking game is almost suited for this Juve team. If you ask me, with Morata and Chiesa, oh, Chiesa suspended. Kulzevsky, right? The no, Kiesa's no, not suspended. Game. So you have Kiesa. Kiesa is a great counterattacking player. It's true. Cuadrado. Rabiot is a good player to get back up and down the field. Danilo, Cuadrado. So a counterattacking game may suit Juve at yeah. the end of the day. And this isn't the same Barcelona from... No, it's not. ...from uh, eight years ago. It's not the same Barca. My opinion in this game, I think Juve would be happy with a tie. I don't see Juventus winning this game. I'm gonna and that, yeah, that's another thing we got to consider the group. Yeah, the other two teams are weak. Are these two teams going to come out and kill themselves to get a win? What's the point? What you, is the you, point? Arguably, you two are the two teams that should smash the other two, right? So yeah. maybe both teams be happy with a tie and say, okay, you go take care of your business with Kiev and Ferenc Varosh, and we'll do our business elsewhere, and we'll see you in the second game when yeah. we battle for first place. That's quite right. Yeah, it's possible because both teams are out of form. Yeah, struggling. Both I think a, I are, think a tie is a good result for both teams in this game. Barca is going to go out and try and win this game, I think. But uh, I think you, I think a tie is what this game's screaming for. 
That's yeah. what I think. It's a tough game to call. No Ter Stegen. So for Barcelona, Gerard Piquet's out. Samuel Umtiti's out. Mark andre Ter Stegen's out. And Felipe Coutinho are it's, all out. It's, it's a lot so of missing a lot of losses. Yeah. Well, Miriam, uh, another talking point for this game is, will Pjanic come on and face his former team? Why not? Will he get the chance? We'll see. There's a lot of young talent in this uh, yeah. Barcelona team. Definitely. But the big difference is they got Lionel Messi. Arguably yeah. one of the best players to ever play the game and the squad against Juve. You yeah. have to imagine he always makes a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Even though he hasn't scored a goal in open play in over seven games, I think it was, oh. I heard. So he's been struggling in the goal scoring department. Jeez. Well, so I'm we'll saying see. take the tie. What are you saying? They're in Torino. It, it, my entire decision weighs on if Bonucci plays. If Bonucci doesn't play, give it to Barca. If Bonucci plays... I'm going to say Juve win. Okay. I think that's what it comes down to. Okay. Interesting, interesting. That's what I think. Sounds good. I think Bonucci, to me, he's been on form. He's been that good this season to me. I think he has he's been, been solid. Good. Well, let's see what happens. So that's that wraps it up for the Italian teams in Champions League. Before I move on to the Europa League, there is one game that we'd like to preview and highlight. A very big game coming up on Wednesday for those for those of you that are neutral fans and want to see a, a, a cl- another clash and don't want to see the Juve Barca game, you could always turn the channel over to watch on the zone to watch uh, RB Leipzig visiting Manchester United, which should be a bit of a cracker. RB Leipzig, top of the table in the Bundesliga, going up against Manchester United, one of the big six in the Barclays Premier League. Mm-hmm. That's a, it's a tough game. A lot of people think it's going to be a Manchester United walkthrough. I, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Man I don't U, think so. Man U's coming off of, uh, like I said, they're a very strange team. Yeah. They go beat PSG, and then they go into the Chelsea game this the weekend that just passed. It drabs 0-0 result. Yeah, it's just... Although it's good they didn't concede a goal. You can look at it that way, but the offense just wasn't clicking. Yeah. Uh, which also for Chelsea isn't... isn't uh, you know, it could be something good for them to build on for yeah. their next for their next game against Krasnodar. Krasnodar, yeah. Because they've been leaking in goals, and maybe now they can start popping in goals and get that balance right. But it seems like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has a complete imbalance. Uh, yeah. He has a big balancing issue here. Pogba's been on the bench. The Beak. Ben the Beak, he's been on the bench. What's the, what, what was the point of buying the Beak if you're not going to play him? I think, I think it was a panic buy. Uh, Poor Donny. They obviously didn't need him, especially after. No, they don't need him. After buying Bruno Fernandez, you have yeah. Pogba. They all play the same position. For me, Van de Beek is a great player. He reminds me a bit of Lampard in regards to coming late into the box, scoring goals. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You got the first place Bundesliga team against United. And they're firing on all cylinders. This Leipzig team, so firing on all cylinders. They can control a game. Will Man use attack work against uh, Rasen Bosworth Leipzig like it did against PSG? I don't know. I don't think so. I think the German teams... Especially when you have a big guy like Yusuf Polson there. Yeah, Yusuf played amazing last game. Yeah. And not only is this guy six foot four, but this guy can fly. He's like, he's fast. So Yeah, Danish Danish international. Danish international. So, you know, it, it's very rare that you find a six foot four striker that can also yeah. have the pace that he has. So, like, they, they do... So, Rass and Boss, but they're going to... I'll tell you how the game will go. If everything kind of goes to plan, they will pin Manu back. So look for Ole to set up in a defensive block again. Two banks of four, either a five-four as the banks. He's gonna look to exploit Leipzig's uh, defense, the yeah. holes they leave in the defense because they do leave holes because they play such a 
offensive game. They attack, they try and smother you. But if you can find the gaps, Rashford, if Greenwood does get onto the field, Cavani, if he plays, which would be interesting, it would be nice to see Edison Cavani come on. Yeah, absolutely. Man, you can do damage. But will Maguire play great? Will he play good? Will De Gea? Will De Gea, he came off a great performance. He's played great in the PSG game, got a clean sheet. Lindelof's been good. So a lot of question marks on their defense. Will it show up against this high-performing Leipzig team who have great Halstenberg is in that team. Angelino scored two amazing goals. Danny Olmo, the Spanish uh, international. You have Deoto Pucano, the French uh, international, 21 years old. Everyone's been after this kid recently for his uh, signature. Emil Forsberg, Swedish international. A good team. Mukiele, they have a really good team. Marcel Sabitzer from Austria. Great, great team. Man, he's going to have their hands full, and it'll be so. interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see who's, cho- who's chosen in the midfield for, uh, for Man U. Will Donny van de Beek get his ch- uh, chance? They, it was funny because in the game, they kept panning to his face in the game, in the Chelsea game. He looked so frustrated to be sitting on the bench. Uh, but there's one thing I can guarantee you. Man, you will probably get a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've had a penalty every game this year, except in two of them. Oh, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But that's that for for Champions League. Is there any other games, games you see that stand out to you? Not really. I think that's that. That basically sums it up. Yeah, the rest of the games are kind of. Yeah, they're all right. They're all right. The favorite should win. Let's just put it that yeah. way. There's no big, no big games yeah. really. Yeah, and, and you know, there's not too much to talk about here. Um, in uh, in Europa League, I mean, a lot of them are pretty straightforward. But let's go through our Italian teams at least. And then there's there is going to be one game that I think is going to be exciting um, that I'll talk about as well. Um, but first, let's go with uh, the first. Uh, well, the second game that goes at uh, one fifty five. Sparta Prague are visiting AC Milan. I just honestly, I just see AC Milan winning this game. I just I, I can't even. See Sparta Prague. Yeah, I guess it, dep- it depends. Yeah, what happens? It depends afternoon. what happens this afternoon in the Roma game. Um, speaking of which, uh, Roma host CSKA Sofia of Bulgaria should be a comfortable win for Roma. Roma did struggle in the first half against Young Boys uh, of Switzerland uh, in the uh, first game, uh, but uh, Paulo Fonseca realized his mistakes, brought on a couple of his 18 players in the second half, rescued them a win, three points. So now with Young Boys which is arguably the most difficult team in Roma's group out of the way, they should walk through Sofia. So I'm predicting a Roma win against Sofia. And then... The big uh, game here. Yeah, this is a big game, especially because of their loss to Alkmaar. So Napoli are visiting the Estadio Municipal de Anoeta. In San Sebastian. Yes. And they're playing Real Sociedad. Who are first in La Liga. Yeah, that's going to be a... That's going to be a scorch uh, of a game. With newly acquired David Silva. Yeah. Who's pulling the strength for that team. So it goes to show what a great player. What a great signing. Yeah. One signing can do to a team. Absolutely. Because he's been outstanding this season. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, this is got, Napoli's got their work cut out for them in this game against Sociedad. I mean, especially against that, after that disappointing loss to... Uh, to uh, Alkamar. But the one shot... I guess it's one small positive about this is... Yes, it, they won the game. It was it wasn't the greatest looking game this past weekend, but they played Benevento, so they they had a, they had a bit of a rotation in their squad, knowing that they have to play Sociedad on Thursday. I think Napoli, you're going to see the real Napoli in this game show up. I really do. I don't think this game is going to be a walkthrough for Sociedad. 
I really think it's going to be a grind. It really is. These are the two heavyweights in this group, right? So, but it's like you said with Barca and Juve, right? Are you going to kill each other for one game, mm-hmm. or are you going to, are you guys going to be happy with a draw and then go take care of business elsewhere, right? Yeah, I, th- I think to be honest, I don't think Real Sociedad comes into this game. Uh, I don't even think David Silva plays this game because he's he's he is older. I think they save him for La Liga. Yeah. I think Sociedad. You know, there's going to be a, you're going to see rotation here. You're going to see rotation on Sociedad's part. I think Sociedad's priority is La Liga right now, especially given where they stand in yeah, the standings. You want to stay in Champions League. You want to stay, yeah. And I mean, grind it out. Get we know Sociedad's going to make it to the round of 32 in the Europa League, but the priority for them because they're first place in La Liga is keep your form up in La Liga. Yeah. So I, I'd give Napoli the edge in this game, even yeah. though Real Sociedad is a very dangerous team but Sociedad won their first game right that's why they, there's more pressure on Napoli to win this game because of that shocking loss exactly. to Alkmaar to go so. 0-2 wouldn't it be it's good tough. Yeah. they'd still have a chance to come out of the group oh, even if yeah. they went 0-2 but Real Sociedad they know with their quality they should even if they were to lose this game they know we can beat the other two teams yeah absolutely. I think that's how they approach this so it's not it's not a big worry for them I think they go completely defensive for sure possession based Get Napoli to come at them and maybe hit them on the break. Yeah. Don't overexert themselves. I think that's how they approach this game. Definitely. Give the bench a try. Those guys will give a bit more effort. But your starters, you don't risk guys like David Silva in a game like this. No, you don't. You don't. So that wraps up our Europa League. Our European... Previews. Champions League previews. Anything, uh, anything else you want to talk about? Yeah. Uh, CPL. So a big, uh, a big win for Forge FC. Congratulations to Forge on their big win against uh, in El Salvador. Uh, winning the game down to 10 men and still pulling through with that result. They now play Tauro uh, from Panama in the next round, which is the round of 16. Tauro is a club uh, from Panama. And uh, they are regularly in the CONCACAF Champions League. So this is going to be a real good test for Forge and see where the CPL stands. Uh, Forge, at the end of the day, has to make it. I believe it's a top, the four best teams out of this CONCACAF League tournament make the CONCACAF Champions League. So here's an opportunity for Forge to, to qualify for the CONCACAF Champions League without having to go and win that Canadian Championship game against Toronto mm-hmm. FC, which is going to be a, a, a difficult one. And another shout-out, and just a quick shout-out to Toronto FC as well, um, fighting very hard, staying top of the table in the MLS. Uh, Supporter Shield will be awarded this year, potential Supporter Shield uh, champions, potential. I mean, they're fighting it out with the Philadelphia Union there um so we'll see what happens with some exciting stuff for canadian soccer a uh, couple of things we got a couple of questions yeah questions we'll answer them quick because we're pushing time yeah we'll we'll answer them quick uh, some interesting questions from a couple of our uh, a couple of our listeners and be more than happy to answer them for you so uh, one of them uh was who is our second favorite teams in the city, huh? if we didn't have our favorite team, so if I didn't, if I didn't have Inter to choose or to cheer for, and he didn't have Roma to ch- uh, cheer for, who would you? Yeah, who would be your second team in City? Yeah, to me, as, <laughs> that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I I, I love City so much, and you know, grew, watching it all my life, it's uh, the one thing I can tell you is I've never liked Juventus ever, <laughs> ever, ever. <laughs> I used to follow. Uh, I used to follow Inter Milan in the Christian Vieri days because uh, he was my hero. Uh, loved Palermo when they came up. had a had a huge soft spot for Palermo. But my favorite, my second favorite Serie A team, 
uh, has to be a team that I've always had a soft spot for. I've always liked. I have their jerseys. Um, I, I do wish them well and, and do hope they do well, which is probably why I'm so hard on Beppe Yakini. So my second team I, that I that I secretly cheer for is Fiorentina. Nice. How about yourself? I don't know. Me too. It's Inter and that's it. Only Inter. I'm, I mean, Roma's... Yeah, I know what you're like, saying. I know what you're saying. I bleed Roma. Yeah. But like a team I enjoy watching, a team I always want to see do well is Fiorentina. Of course. Yeah. But I'm the same way. Only Inter. I I don't have a second team. It's very hard to choose because I choose... The teams I've liked in the past are just based off players. So, for instance, yeah. Venice story. I like Man, Man yeah, I, that. I liked uh, Celtic when they had Henrik Larsson there and wherever else he's gone. So I've always chosen my teams based off my favorite players. And right now in City, uh, since all my favorite players are retired now, it's very hard for me to choose <laughs> Seriously? a favorite player these days. Like if I had to choose one, it'd be Messi. He's probably my favorite player right now in the world. Uh, but in City, uh, I, like, I like a coach right now, and it's the Zerbi. So... Sassuolo. If I had to say Sassuolo would be my my team right now uh, to go with. So right on, Sassuolo it is. That's my team. I hope do well this year. Yeah. And then uh, second question uh, that we had is uh, one that was directed towards me. Why am I so anti MLS? And just to, <laughs> just to set the record straight, I'm not anti MLS. Uh, I, I do follow Toronto FC. I don't follow them as much anymore. Um, as I do with the Canadian Premier League. And, uh, you know, I was a season seat holder for Toronto FC, you know, was there for both MLS Cup finals with Giuliano. Yeah. Um, great games. Great games. I mean, nothing beats that semifinal uh, in 2016 against Montreal that night. That was a fan, that was an experience of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not anti-MLS. Yes, I do prefer the CPL now. And the reason why is I'm a big supporter for Canadian soccer. I think Canadian soccer is finally taking a turnaround. My allegiance is always to the Nazionale, always to Liazzuri. I will always be Italy first. Um, you know, we always joked around that if I ever played professional soccer, which was far from, far from, that was never going to happen. But my dream was always to play for Italy, never to wear the Canadian jersey. <laughs> and the reason, and I always told people that, uh, that uh, I would rather be eligible to play for Italy and never play a minute than be a star on the Canadian national team. <laughs> That's my allegiance to Italy. But, you know, that being said, this generation, I, I think John Herdman's got it, getting it right. We had, you know, a, a, we owe a lot to the Canadian national women's team that the really that really brought Canada on the map. And uh, I think the the men's team is really starting to turn it around. You got some really good pieces in there. There's not as much politics as there was back in the day, um, where you missed out on some great talents like Jonathan De Guzman, Owen Hargreaves. Um, these guys went and played elsewhere because of all the politics and all the garbage and that was happening in Canadian soccer. But we've it's getting rid of that. We have some fantastic talent. The Canadian, the MLS has done what it was set out to do for Canadian soccer and that it set a bar and it was a starting point. The Canadian Premier League is what's going to take Canadian soccer development to the next level. Um, Having your own Premier League, your own Premier First Division Professional Soccer League in your country is always very prestigious to have. There's a lot of European interest, like I said last week, uh, with some uh, with some very high leagues and high profile clubs wanting to invest in this country. And Canada is a great place to live. 
Uh, a lot of players would be very attracted to come here if the CPL gets it right. I think they will. I think this league will surpass MLS in about five years, and just in terms of Canadian soccer. And uh, I just this is what's going to get Canada on the right path. You need to have your own professional Premier Soccer League. They have to get it right. Do not do the, my one advice to the Canadian Premier League. I'm just a pot. I'm just a podcaster with Giuliano so obviously take it like a grain of salt but keep it the European model you know have no more than 16 18 teams have a promotion and relegation have a division one division two do not do this playoffs no relegation because it does not work European soccer the European method has worked for decades use that model that's the model that works. That's the model the CPL wanted to mimic. So please continue to use that model. Do not use the North American MLS model because it's not the right model to use. So, no, I'm not anti-MLS. I just think the CPL is what's going to bring them to the next, bring Canadian soccer to the next level. And that being said, let's hope Canada has a good show in the 2026. That's it. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Ciao ragazzi, ciao ragazzi, thank you so much. Ciao.